Never Employed Podcast. Funny that you say that you wanted to have additional income streams on one hand, because I guess that uh, being a firefighter is a quite secure job, uh, at least here in Germany, it's uh, quite secure. I don't know yeah. about you. And uh, on the other hand, it's um, uh, interesting because Bryce, whom I've interviewed some time ago, he had the same point that he had his, I think, a sales job. And then just wanted to have another income income stream, and yeah, just got into real estate that way. Yeah, exactly. Like you said, it's a it's. I mean, the fire department, you know, first responders. It's it's a very secure job. You know, the pension, great benefits, and that's definitely what I was headed down. You know, I was trying to do my twenty five years and uh, just ride off into the sunset, but. Like the lockdowns, just you know, I saw people losing their jobs or getting laid off, and you know, fortunately, I was still able to to work. It was just, it was very eye opening that you know I was being very risk. What if I got hurt? You know, what if I got hurt on the job, or uh, what if something happened and I wasn't able to fulfill the requirements to get my full pension and whatnot? So it just made me reevaluate things, and I was just that you know. Uh, I have equity, I have, you know, opportunities that I think I'm wasting now that I look at it. But so, I, you know, kind of going back a little bit, but me and my son's mom, uh, you know, split up during COVID. It was kind of a rough time for a lot of people. But anyways, we separated I and mean, we're, we're still friends. Everything works. But my friend was investing at this time um, in Pittsburgh and, you know, he kept talking to me about it and You know, I had equity in my property and I had all this time on my hand now. So I was like, oh, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to take a chance and I'm going to go down this road and look into real estate investing. And that's kind of how it all started. And it was supposed to be a slow process that like I was going to just get one and kind of, uh, see how I liked it and see how it went. But after one, I was kind of like this just makes way more sense than doing the traditional, um, you know, 401k and deferred comp and retirement programs. And I, I went all in and I, uh, you know, took everything out of my retirement accounts that I could, uh, you know, took the penalties and invested it into hard assets in real estate. So then this, uh, real estate investing is, uh, actually your Uh, personal insurance as well as retirement. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I the way I look at it now is it's it's something that I have more control over, you know. So, for example, you know, to start this, you know, I I took things out of my retirement. I closed my retirement accounts, and I had to take a penalty for it, right? I, it was, it's my money. I invested it, but yet there's all these restrictions and penalties like if you access it early or if you want to use it and it, it just really reinforced that I was thinking that I was making a better decision to put it into real estate where I have more control over it you know I, I have um, cash flow that comes in where I can use to reinvest whereas you know I was putting money in my retirement account but yet I wasn't generating any cash flow monthly where I could Just to pay expenses or to reinvest in other opportunities. So, uh, but definitely, I think I made the right decision to to head down the real estate path. So you already mentioned that you're 
all in on real estate right now so you're not an active firefighter anymore no 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 so yeah i'm still uh, a firefighter i mean if i if i wanted so i have a total of 16 years in the fire service if i want my full benefits i'd have to do 25 years of service um and for me where i'm at right now i just feel like i'm losing a lot of opportunities from the real estate side by um working the w2 as a, as a firefighter and i still like the job i still love it it's just for me it's because of that mindset shift of generating you know passive income and the whole thought of working just for a pension and benefits kind of now is is on the back burner and my, my focus is building my real estate portfolio building building my real estate brand and that way so the plan is that i'm, I'm probably gonna retire early from the fire service maybe within the next hopefully four to five years and then by that time hopefully my my real estate brand is kind of just running more on referrals and kind of just um everything is built up so where um it's kind of just running on its own Lawrence Lawrence Briggs also asked this on uh, Instagram on my Instagram story how do you manage um being a firefighter and investing in real estate at the same the same time basically oh yeah he told me he he submitted a question so I was like oh man <laughs> what did he submit but you know I so the department that I'm in you know we work 24-hour shifts um so we work uh three shifts so we work one on one off so we work 24 hours on 24 hours off 24 hours on 24 hours off and so we work three shifts and then we have four days off so yes we have we do have a very uh flexible schedule it's just however you are at the station you know 24 hours a day so a lot of times um you know probably earlier in the day there's you know training classes uh you know maintenance that we have to take care of Uh, after a certain time, you know, it's kind of your free time as far as, you know, working out or um, maybe, you know, unless the captain has something planned or there's, or, or of course, if there's calls that we have to respond to. But after a certain point, it's kind of, you know, your time. It's kind of you're free to do what you need to do. So a lot of times, um, you know, if, if all the work's done and we're kind of just down for the day, you know, that's when I'll be, you know, studying you know, real estate stuff or, or looking at listings, um, you know, taking care of, uh, dealing with my property manager. So I have an, I have a property manager in Pittsburgh who manages my properties. Um, like, you know, right now I have three vacancies. So we're working on that as finding tenants. Um, yeah. So there's, there's times to, to do it at, while I'm at the firehouse, you know, there's downtime. Uh, but of course, you know, you never know when a call is going to come in or if, if there's training for the day. And and that's what I was kind of saying, like, I still enjoy the job, but at the same time, I feel like, you know, my heart is somewhere else right now as far as the real estate side. And that's where my passion is. And I feel like being at the firehouse 24 hours a day also kind of slows down my progress on the real estate side. So that's why I'm, I'm hoping to get out in, in four to five years. And, you know, if, if I wasn't living in Hawaii, I think definitely I'd be retired now. I mean, the, the cost of living and everything here is 
is so high that you know that's kind of where a lot of the expenses are like you know for my primary residence and I don't know if you want to go into that but I feel like I made a lot of mistakes early in life you know by buying a primary residence and and these are because you know that's that's the dream right we're always told oh, get a house and get a primary house and the way I look at it now is I could have done things a lot differently and would have um catapulted you know my results and my progress yeah yeah for sure but i mean better late than not at all or however you you say definitely yeah yeah do you see points where yeah working as a firefighter being a firefighter also helps you in your real estate investing yeah definitely i i think it helps me kind of just see um life from a different lens a little bit uh and i think for me i see that Like we go to a lot of calls where, you know, like the, the, the siblings are, or, you know, the children are taking care of the parents, but the parents are old and, you know, maybe they didn't do the best planning financially or retirement wise, or, you know, so that's why the, the kids are having to either move back in with them or the kids had to, you know, maybe they were living in another state and they had to move back home because their parents are getting old, they got to take care of them and, you know, uh, putting them in care homes and whatnot is, is pretty expensive. So, you know, I, we see a lot of those type of situations and it, it really kind of gets me thinking about how my future is going to be and how I don't want to be a burden for my son when I get older. I don't want to have to force him to worry about my finances. So that's also where this whole real estate and, and generating Uh, passive income and a portfolio that I can also pass down to him, you know, when the time comes. But it just gets me thinking where I don't want to be a burden for him. I don't want to be a burden for my son to where, you know, maybe maybe he is living somewhere else and, you know, I get to a point where I can't take care of myself. And, you know, what if he has a family? Am I going to, you know, expect him to pick up and come back here to to take care of me? So, It just makes me see things differently as far as um, planning better for the future and, and taking my finances into my own hands to where uh, nobody else would have to worry about me. Earlier, you said that you wish you could focus more on real estate. What I see among quite some real estate investors who are already invested in several properties is that in the long run, they could potentially live well off their property and can generate nice cash flows. But the problem in real estate often seems to be in the now. The cash flow is probably not enough right now so that you can live out of that. So that you're forced in the beginning to get enough real estate so that the cash flow is high enough right now so that you can double down on that. Yeah, definitely. It's, you know, a lot of social media people make it as if it's an, it's easy that, you know, passive income or cash flow is easily attainable and it can be, but it does take time. So like, like you're saying, you know, especially in the beginning, you know, yeah, you might be generating some cash flow in the beginning, but it really takes a few years for it to really start to snowball and you know, for a lot of people, you know, they start off maybe one or two properties. And in the beginning, most of the expenses that you might encounter, like maintenance or repairs, 
you know, it, it, you feel it more from your pocket because your, your portfolio is smaller. So everything that you have to fix up or repair it, it, you feel it in your pocket and you're like, man, you know, is this for me? But that's where the scaling comes in. And once you're able to, to build that portfolio now, when you have these maintenance expenses that come up, now the portfolio is kind of paying for the expenses. So you don't really feel it as much. So that's why scaling is also important because now once you get a certain amount of properties, now the properties are kind of paying for all the repairs on its own. So it makes it a lot more manageable, but definitely in the beginning, yes, it, it's a slower process. The, the cash flow is not as much, and especially with the rates being higher now and, and prices going up so much, you know, for purchases that the cash flow has shrunk in a lot of markets. So definitely in the beginning, you know, it is a slow process and that's kind of maybe one of the mistakes I made. And I like to tell people, you know, a lot of people that I'm trying to help that for me, I think I scaled too quickly. So I got like 14 properties, uh, fairly quick in my portfolio. And I think the issue was I didn't prepare well with reserves. Like I didn't think, um, I thought I had enough reserves and I, I like to joke around and tell people that I think the first maybe four properties I got kind of tricked me where they just went smooth, no hiccups, no problems. And I was just like, well, you know, this, this is an easy process. I'm going to get more. And then, you know, there's, there's vacancies and expenses. And, you know, so a lot of the properties that I did purchase, I, I got them at great deals, but you know, I purchased them during the winter time and, you know, for me being in Hawaii, I'm like, oh, you know, it's, you know, it's sunny out here in winter time, and you know, it doesn't really affect too much people as far as moving or renting a new place. Where Pittsburgh, where I'm investing, you know, not too many people are looking to move during the winter time. So I had a lot more vacancies when I first got the properties than I expected, and so that's one thing I try to tell new, new investors is definitely, you know, make sure you have enough reserves and, and you plan well for that. Cause for me, that probably has slowed me down a little bit. So even though I scaled quickly, uh, not preparing well with the reserves has, has probably slowed down my process a little bit. So you are mainly focusing on buy and hold in general, or what, what's your overall strategy? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a boring, you know, buy and hold <laughs> long-term rental. Um, and you know, that's what I also like about real estate is that there's so many different strategies out there. You know, there's the, there's the burr method, there's short-term rentals, you know, there's fix and flip, you know, people can do wholesaling and they're all great. You just got to find, you know, your lane. And, you know, for me, especially doing it um, at such a great distance for me, the, the boring, uh, buy and hold right now is what I'm focusing on. However, I feel once I get my portfolio to a certain level, that's when I might start dabbling and maybe, um, I wouldn't say risky, but maybe strategies that, um, take a little more work, like maybe short-term rentals or even the Burr method. But at least if I'm, if my portfolio is stable and I'm, and I'm generating a certain amount of cash flow, then 
I can, I'd be willing to learn and make some mistakes in, in like a burr method where I have to do a lot of rehab or like a short-term rental where, you know, possibly there could be vacancies or uh, the regulations could change in that market. But at least my portfolio would allow me to um, kind of, you know, weather the storm a little bit if something went wrong. What would you do different nowadays if you would start again? Man, start sooner. I would definitely read more and get better educated finances, economy, real estate. Just, I did the traditional. I went, you know, graduated with honors in high school. I, I went to college. I, I got a degree in accounting and finance. And, you know, I just, I was headed down the traditional path. And, and what I really noticed is I, I never learned about how to really purchase a home. I didn't, you know, I didn't learn about credit. I didn't learn about, um, I mean, even though I went, I, I got a degree in financing, I, I didn't really learn about these things that the wealthy know about it, you know, and it's just, it's very eye opening that all this resources and information is out there. However, you have to go and find it. And to me, that's what I would definitely do different is try to start this path sooner and, and be around people that are doing it so that I can get on this path and also help others. But, but definitely that's one thing I would do different from a, like a mindset and education wise, but from a real estate side, um, I know I kind of touched on it, but for me, definitely, I think I made a mistake buying a primary residence first because you know, Hawaii is very expensive. Um, and it pretty much, I mean, yes, we get great appreciation and, and that's nice. However, you know, it's that whole, is your home an asset or liability, right? You know, it, I have this home, but it doesn't put money in my pocket. And, you know, every month it's taking money out of my pocket, basically, whereas I could be renting for cheaper in Hawaii, if, you know, in, in the area that I live, and that I could be using that money that I'm saving to invest in other assets. And then down the road, when I'm generating enough cash flow, then I could maybe come back and buy something that I, that I want. But having this primary residence, it, it kind of handcuffs you a little bit as far as how much you can invest. The good thing though, is I was able to tap into the equity through a HELOC, which helps, but just, you know, the down payment and all these type of things. And every, I, I joke about it a lot, but every time I'm doing the yard, like cutting the grass or having something to fix in the house, I'm always complaining about it, that my home is not an asset, right? Like I'm spending time fixing things up and or or you're having to pay someone to fix their conditioner or or something but it, it basically is taking money out of my pocket every month yeah that's an interesting point of view and what's also interesting for me is that you already mentioned that you're investing quite far away so uh, how how do you manage that and do do you think that it makes you more free compared to other investors or <laughs> how how's that for you i think it takes a lot for that first one, if you are going to invest remotely or out of state, that, that first purchase is definitely 
the most difficult. Uh, I, I like to, um, I, I forgot what book I read it in, but uh, they were talking about out-of-state investing and how you, you, to kind of get over that fear of not being next or close to your property or where you could just drive and see it. It's it's kind of like, you know, if you if you take your car to the mechanic to for a repair, you know, a lot of times, you know, they're going to look under the hood, see what's wrong, and they, they're going to tell you this, 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 and this. And for a lot of people, myself included, I'm not going to really know what they're talking about. Like, I'm not going to know exactly what they're telling. I, I might have a slight idea, but when they get very technical about it, I'm really not going to know what they're looking at or what they're saying is wrong. And it's kind of like the same thing, you know, the home, my properties are over 4,000 miles away. You know, even if I was there, for me, especially in the beginning, I really wouldn't know specifically what I'm looking at as far as what could be wrong with this house. I mean, the the things that stick out, obviously, yes, you're going to notice, but there's a lot of things that, you know, even now, if I walk into a home, a lot of times I'm like, oh, you know, it, it looks nice, right? You're not really looking for all these details. And that's kind of how I kind of got over the fear that whether the property's here or the property's 4,000 miles away, I, it's really, I'm not going to know that much of a difference as if it was here and I and I, I was able to walk the property myself. So that, that was something I had to get over. But definitely for me, it's, I, I just... I like that you can live, you know, where you want, but you invest where the numbers make sense, right? And that's, I think, the most important thing is uh, finding what works best for you. And, you know, there's people that are investing in Hawaii, even though it's super expensive, there's people that are making it work here and they're more comfortable. So you just have to find your comfort level. And and for me, you know, if you're only, maybe you're only going to get like a 4% return by investing in Hawaii because it's so expensive. But if that's your comfort level and 4%, you know, that's that's what you're shooting for, right? So you just got to know the numbers and your comfort level. What do you think? Where Where's your comfort level in the uh, coming months and years? So what, what are your plans for, for the near future? Yeah, so for me, I'm really just trying to get myself in a in a good position to take advantage of I think um, there's going to be a lot of opportunities uh, coming up in the next few years especially like in the in the commercial space I think there's a lot of commercial properties that have bad debt structures on them where there's um, floating rate debt or adjustable rate debt so um, there's there's going to be a lot of opportunities in that area so I'm I'm really trying to kind of tighten up all my finances um, so that I can take out a um, probably a max level HELOC on my primary residence and then look to use that to deploy um, hopefully end of this year. And I'm also just really focusing on trying to build my brand right now. And, you know, because the market is down, the real estate market is, is slow in, in most areas. So I'm trying to build my brand more now and I'm also, so that's also why I'm trying to leverage the, my W-2 as a firefighter where I have this stable job where I can focus on building my brand where, I mean, I hate to say it, but I think there was a lot of realtors that jumped into this market in the past few years while everything was so crazy hot. And, 
you know, maybe they left their W-2 or they, or they left their other job and they went all in on real estate. And since the market has slowed, I have a feeling there's going to be a lot of realtors that maybe exit the market and are looking for other jobs soon. So I feel like that's my opportunity and to, to build my brand so that when the market does shift, that I'll be top of mind and it'll be a lot of referral base. And so that's kind of what I'm focusing on right now is building my brand. And I'm also, um, you know, I have my own YouTube channel and I'm trying to help a lot of other individuals start um, out-of-state investing or remote investing, especially if they live in places that are maybe too expensive or where the numbers don't make sense and they're looking at trying to find a market to to make the numbers work and how to get over that hump or get over that fear of that that first step of uh, how to get started. Is there anything, any way people may help you on, on this journey? Any challenges at the moment? Challenges? Um, you know, honestly, the, the biggest challenge for me right now is so I got my real estate license less than a year ago. And the one struggle that I'm finding with that is because I'm more of an investor first, or maybe have an investor mindset first. A lot of times I feel like a lot of clients or people that are looking to buy homes in Hawaii, they just want to buy a home. They're not, they're not looking at it from a financial freedom standpoint, or they're not looking at it from investing or, or, or generating cash flow. So that's where I'm trying to find that balance where not everyone is looking to invest. Some people just want to buy a home and their dream is to grow old in that home and, and live there for 30 years and, and die there, right? You know, so some people I have to just realize that not everyone is looking for the same goals. And so like one of my, one of my friends, he just purchased like a one point two million dollar home and you know when he was looking at it he reached out to me and I told him you know I, I know you're qualified for this this purchase but you know for me I would say you know you should buy something more like in the 800 or 900,000 price range so that way you're not pretty much maxing out your your payment or maxing out your expenses every month. So that way you have some wiggle room to invest or, you know, do other things with your money and, and grow some, uh, uh, income or assets or whatnot. But I just felt like purchasing a home at 1.2 just really handcuffs your, your finances. And, but at the end of the day, you know, he was happy with his purchase and he wants to grow old and, and live in that home. And, and that's his vision. So Yeah, he's not right. There's not a wrong way to do it. I, but that's just where I'm struggling is like finding that balance that not everyone is is looking to retire early or not everyone is looking to generate extra income. And but but that I, I'm I'm slowly start, you know I'll, I'll tell you my opinion. But at the end of the day, you got to be happy with your decision, right? Yeah, and I guess as a, a realtor, you're also in a good position to educate people to some extent, right? So if people just want to purchase a home you could also yeah like tell them okay you know you could not just look at where you want to live how you want to live but also invest or at least keep, keep this in mind yeah you know i think the the hard part is that in hawaii the prices you know you see the great appreciation uh -huh. so that's 
that's where a lot of people are saying, oh, I just want to buy a home here because it always goes up and appreciates. But at the end of the day, you know, it's kind of like appreciation is nice, but it really only benefits you if you ever sell the property, right? I mean, it, it, the property appreciates, but if you're not accessing that equity or if you don't sell the property, you know, you're not really using those gains. And that's that's where a lot of people in Hawaii, they're, you know, most of their wealth is built or is in their homes. And, you know, and as, as and then they get old and, and then now they don't have access to uh, cash flow or enough funds. So now, you know, they have to either sell their home or, or, you know, figure out another way to pay for their expenses or their lifestyle. And so for me, like I said, my whole mindset just shifted. And I said, I want to generate income because I don't want to really be on a budget when I'm retired. I don't want to be on a fixed income when I'm older. I want to enjoy and, and live my life. And and that's where the generating the extra or the passive income is going to come into play. And if people want to discuss this topic further with you, what's, what's the best way to find you and get in touch with you? Oh, you know, so my, my handline is this financial firefighter. Uh, so I'm on Instagram, uh, YouTube channel, uh, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, I try to figure out TikTok, but I don't know. Maybe it's going to get banned, but, but I'm, I haven't figured out TikTok yet. So I have TikTok, but I'm not on there very often. But I would say Instagram or uh, YouTube is probably the easiest way to get a hold of me. And then thanks for taking the time. No, I, I've been looking forward to this. I mean, finally glad we got to connect. I mean, it's I mean, it's five thirty in the morning here in Hawaii, but but I love it. I mean, I'm a I'm an early riser, so it actually worked out well.